Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God? Let's do that. Get out your sermon notes. We are, we're going to tackle a subject that I've, been, I've just been chomping at the bit to get to. And this subject is crucial, it's crucial, it's crucial into living a wise life. It is so crucial. Number one, write this down, that my thoughts determine my actions, and my actions determine my life. My thoughts determine my actions, my actions determine my life. So if I can help you focus and change your thoughts according to the Word of God, then the potential is there for you to experience a life change, that when you change your thoughts, you'll change your actions when your actions change, you'll actually change the course of your life. And, and here we have this, this topic today that we're going to talk about in this series, Simplify, about decluttering your life, how to live a more simple life. And today we're going to talk about your schedule. We're going to talk about your schedule. Now, this is going to be very, very much an application type of message there's, there's not going to be keyboard playing at the end, no altar time today. And, and this is like your response is your responsibility. So the altar call actually happens once you go home this afternoon or once you wake up in the morning. How are you going to live your life tomorrow? How are you going to live your life this coming week, this coming month, this coming year, the, really the rest of your life? That's the altar call, okay? So, so again, I can only teach you the Word of God. It's up to you to respond to the word of God, your response is your responsibility, all right? So that being said, I know a lot of you are thinking, oh, schedule, that, you know, yeah, mine's packed. Mine is packed. I just can't add anything else to it. I, I mean, I'm overcommitted, I'm overscheduled, I'm overextended, I'm overwhelmed. Well, welcome to New Song. I've got a word from God for you today. And it starts with this, number two, write this down. That time isn't the issue in your life priorities are. Because a lot of people say, you know, well, pastor, I just don't have time. I don't have enough time in the day. I'm overscheduled. I'm overcommitted. I'm overextended. I, I'm just, I just live in the land of over. And you're just like, I just can't, I just don't have enough time. Have you ever noticed that there are some people who live life and they are, and you're looking at them saying, you know what? They're just getting it right. Like they're just like, look, their life is in order. They don't seem stressed. They don't seem overwhelmed. And yet they're accomplishing all of these things. I know a lot of leaders like that where I look at them and say, how in the world can you lead that size of a church and have that type of a family and, and write those books and develop those sermons? Because here's the truth of the matter. They have the same amount of time in their life that I have in mine. And they have, by the way, the same amount of time in their life that you have in yours. So what do they know that you don't know? Because they obviously know something that you don't know. Some of the people who's, who, who are accomplishing the most imaginable, like you, you are surprised at how much they can accomplish in their life. They don't have 28 hours in the day when you only get 24. They're not living on a different calendar. They have the same amount of time in their day as you do. So what's the difference? The difference is, it's not an issue of time. It's an issue of priorities. It's an issue of priorities. That there are things that they say yes to, but there are a lot of things that they say no to. And can I tell you something? 
we really struggle with that. It's like when we go to, you know, uh, as my, my wife and I have matured and gotten older, there's one thing that we really don't go to anymore, and it's a buffet. We just don't go to buffets, hardly, I mean hardly ever. Now, our kids growing up, they loved buffets, every, especially my boys. My boys, if, if it was ever, the, every time my kids had a birthday, it was always, hey, what do you want to eat? What, where do you want to eat or what do you want us to cook? Like, it's your day, your meal, you choose. Well, my boys growing up, it was Ponderosa, everybody. It was like, I want Ponderosa. Well, we, Dick and Barbara Flossenzier both have, have, have passed away. They're in, in the presence of the Lord today. But they knew that about our boys. And every single Christmas, they would give us gift cards, $60. Every year, they would give us $60 to Ponderosa. And we're like, oh, thanks. Now, Merry Christmas to us, you know, because we knew we'd have to take our boys. Our, oh, you know, they obviously did it for the kids. And trust me, Dick and Barb did not mistreat us. I don't mean to say that. They were wonderful. I loved, loved them dearly. But we, we took our kids to, to Ponder Grossa, as we say it, all the time, all the time. And here's the thing. Even if you don't like that restaurant, if say that you're a Golden Corral person. You've done this over and over and over again, that you go to the buffet and you, you just take a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of that and know a little bit of this. And you just get a little bit of everything. But by the time you're walking back to your chair, to your seat, your plate is overflowing with food, right? Because you just got a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Have you ever like been at a, let's, let's just admit it, everybody. Have you ever been to a potluck dinner? What That's what we used to call them growing up. Or you ever go to a, a wedding reception where there's a buffet line and, and you go through the buffet and you just get a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You put it on your plate and then you're embarrassed as you walk back to your seat because everybody's seeing how much food is piled up. on you. Come on, everybody. Anybody want to be real? You have that. You've, you've thought that too, right? So I'm like, don't look at my plate. You know, it's just a little bit of everything. Okay. So, so the problem is you think, oh, Golden Crow sounds so good today. I want to go get some Golden Crow. Then you go there and you just get a little of everything and you go back to your table and there's always one or two things that just stand out from among the rest that you're like, oh, that was so good. I've got to go get seconds. I got to go get some more. So you're going to go back and you're going to get those two or three favorite things that you had the first time. You're going to reload on those things. And then all of a sudden, I, I, you, know, you know that you're not done yet, that there's a dessert bar there. And they have pies and they have cakes and they have ice creams. And you don't want to, listen, you don't want to lose money in this thing, do you? You, you want to get your money's worth. I'm going to get my money's worth. And you're going to go back. And when you go to the dessert thing, you're looking at, well, the pie looks good, but so does the cake. Well, I'll just get a little of this and a little of that. Well, you can't have it without ice cream. And Oh, pudding. I didn't see the pudding. And all of a sudden you come back to your seat and you're stuffed already, but you come back to your seat and you got all of this dessert on your plate, and you're just going to town. And you walked in, you walked into Golden Crow, like, oh, this is gonna be so good. And you're walking out saying, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I should not have done that. You walk in hungry, but you leave miserable, like Thanksgiving dinner type of full. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I ate way too much. And that's how people live life. It's just a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And it just stacks up and it stacks up and all of a sudden they're overwhelmed and overcommitted and overextended and overscheduled. Because you just think, well, it's only a little bit. 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 But if you live life like that, if you live the buffet of life, you're going to live a miserable life. And my wife and I, we learned years ago, we don't really go to buffets. I mean, 
We don't go to buffets. Why? Because we know that we're going to leave miserable. We don't want to leave miserable, so we just don't do it. Now, a lot of you know that the type of life that you're living is not truly satisfying. You're, you're really active, but your life is not filled with joy. You're not filled with peace. You're, you're, you're running around, as we used to say in Oklahoma, you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off, right? Like you're, you're just running around and, and loose ends are everywhere and you don't know where your kids are. You don't know where your spouse is and you don't know where that is or this is. And, and everybody's it's just a jumbled mess. Can I tell you something? There's a better way to live life that you've just been going to the buffet for so long that you think it's the only way to eat. Well, it's not. That there's a better way to eat. There's better restaurants out there than Ponda Grossa, everybody. And I can say that now because they don't exist in Plymouth anymore. I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm telling you, there's a better way to live life. There's, and, it, and it's about priorities. It's not about time. It's about priorities. And I'm going to teach you this. Looking at the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 21 is where we're going to start. I'm going to show you this very unique portion of Scripture in comparison to what we're talking about today, but it's right there. It's right there, and I'm going to teach this to you. It's going to be so much fun. Luke 12, 21. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. What he's saying is this. Let's just stop right there. Foolishness is when you don't have your priorities in order. It's just foolishness. When you get your eyes on the wrong thing, it's just foolishness. You won't live your best life. Let's, let's move ahead to verse 29. He says this, And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows that you need them. So here's a priority. Verse 31. Seek the kingdom of God Above all else, that's a priority. And he will give you everything that you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Meaning your treasure will be safe no thief can steal it, and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, here's a very famous verse, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. As, in fact, I'm going to read that same verse, verse 34, out of the message, because I love the way this reads. It, it's a little bit more readable, a little bit more understandable. The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and actually end up being. I'm going to read that again. The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be, and it's the place that you'll end up being. So if you treasure buffets, guess where you're going to live life? At the buffet. My cousin, true story, my, my cousin, uh, he, he passed away since, but he went to a buffet one day, and it, it is a true story. They actually kicked him out because he was eating too much food. Because he went there at lunch and he just decided to get his money's worth. He was going to stay through dinner. <laughs> and they were like, listen, you've had enough. You need to go. He said, well, this is all you can eat. Well, not anymore. And, and you know, they literally kicked him out of the, uh, out of the buffet. But look, can I tell you something? A lot of you, a lot of you, a lot of you, you have your treasure set on the wrong things. 
And a lot of people set their treasure on the buffet as if the buffet is really going to satisfy. But at the end of the buffet, what actually happens is their life is actually miserable and they walk away and they say, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I just went overboard. That was just too much. And a lot of you are living lives that are just too much because your treasure isn't in the right place. And the Bible very clearly states where your treasure is, that's where your heart is too. And actually, that's where you're going to end up living. That's where you're going to end up being. And so it's about priorities. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Like, get your priorities in order. And in fact, I wrote this down. This is number three. This is so good. I want you to think about this for a moment. That I must focus on who I want to be before focusing on what I need to do. So I could take that verse, this pl- the place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. What you treasure most is what you're going to live out. So my question is not, is not how are you living life, but what are you treasuring the most? And does that need to change? So you've got to focus not on what to do, but first on who you want to be. So a lot of you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, what do I got to do today? I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this. And you never think about what or who you want to be. You only think about what you need to do. And that's the wrong way to live life. Your priorities will never be what they should be unless you know who you want to be. This is, this is what Ephesians 5 says. So be careful how you live. Like, like, really give some thought to this. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly. Don't keep going to the buffet if you leave miserable. Don't act thoughtless. Well, we've always gone to the buffet. Well, we go there every Sunday. Well, stop, right? Like, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Give careful thought to your ways. Let, let me say it this way. Give careful thought to your priorities. Give careful thought to who you want to be because that will determine what you are supposed to do. Who you want to be will determine what you're supposed to do. So who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? If, 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 because this is, as I told you in this series, this whole series is kind of like a mass counseling session, right? You're all sitting in my office. You're on my couch. I'm in my chair, and I'm just talking with you. And I'm going to ask you a question today as if you were in my office. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Describe that to me. Tell me who you want to be. And most people, when I've asked them that question, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. And I, and I tell them, that's good. That's fine. That's why you're here. You're here for me to help simplify your life, to cut through the clutter. And let's discover who, who you want to be. More importantly, who God called you to be. Because if you're a follower of Christ, I can tell you who you want to be. 
If you're a genuine follower of Christ, I'll tell you who you want to be. You want to be who God wants you to be. You want to be who God wants you to be. So my question is, who does God want you to be? Now, if you, were to, if you were to walk up to me and say, Justin, who do you want to be? I could tell you very clearly, very clearly. I want to be wholly, passionately devoted to my Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to be all in, all in. I also want to be a great husband. I want to be a godly husband, and I want to be a godly father. And I want to be a great family member. And I want to be a great pastor. And by the way, I want to be a great Christian that wins a lot of people to the Lord Jesus Christ and encourages people. I want to live out my purpose in in Jesus. And by the way, I say that, and I say it in order. Because I not only know who I want to be, I know the order of importance in my life. And that order, the priorities of my life, dictates my schedule. My schedule is built around who God wants me to be, who is also who I want to be. I want to be who God wants me to be. So who do you want to be? Better yet, who does God want you to be? Who does God want you to be? And the Bible is very, very clear as to what that is. So we're talking about priorities. And I want you to write down these four things. These are our priorities. And these these priorities overlap to all of us. These are not just my priorities or your priorities. These are our priorities according to the word of God. It applies to all of us. It's always the same. Now, it will get different at the, at the, the last, and I'll show you that in a second, but it's all the same. The first one is, my priority is to love God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength, with all that I am, to love God and to live for his glory. I am made to enjoy life and live for the glory of my God. I, let me say it better. I'm made to enjoy God and to live for his glory. I'm made to love him with all of my heart. And the Bible is so very, very clear. The, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with everything that's within you. Him first. I, I want to read, though, out of Isaiah. This is Isaiah uh, chapter 43, verse 7. It says, bring all who claim me as their God. And God says, for I have made them for my glory. Did you know that you were made not only in the image of God, but you were made for the glory of God? Let me ask you a question. Are you bringing glory to God right now? The way that you're living life, are you bringing glory to God? You're meant to. Colossians 1, 9 and 10 says, We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. And when you have spiritual wisdom and understanding then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Like the way that you live will bring glory to God when you understand how to live life the right way, to live life according to his design. And his design is no other gods before me, he would say. I've been teaching this the last couple of weeks, all eyes on Jesus, Jesus first in everything, at all times. Your greatest priority, God first. 
God first. God first in my love. God first in my worship. God first in my affection. God first. God first. That's my priority. That's all of our priorities as Christians. Number two, my priority then, the next one is to love my spouse, my children, and my family, and to live for their benefit. So that's what love always does. Love always lives for the benefit of someone else. Love is never self-serving. It's always sacrificial. It always lives for the benefit of someone else. So now, after loving God, I'm going to love my spouse, and I'm going to love my, my children, and I'm going to love my family. They, they're next in line. You say, where is that in the scripture? It's all over the place, but I'm going to share my favorite verses with you. A lot of this was spoken to you at your wedding if you got married inside of a church with a pastor. That, uh, odds are that pastor probably used these verses in Ephesians 5, and I'm going to show these to you. It's so beautiful, so wonderful. Remember in Ephesians 5.25, it says, A married man is to love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. A, a, a married man, a husband, is supposed to love his wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So Christ, let me say it this way, Christ's first priority, after obeying and glorifying the Father, the first priority of Jesus was his church. And, and husbands, the Bible tells us, as husbands, we are to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Meaning God first and then our wives. And you say, oh, good, my husband needs to hear that. Well, wives, listen up. Ephesians 5.22, you're not out of this. Because the Bible says, in the same way, wives are, are to submit to their husbands as unto the Lord. You're supposed to submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. So again, a woman's husband is second only to God in her priorities. You're to love your husband, respect him, submit to him as unto the Lord. Like, Next in line. Let, let me go even further. And since a husband and wife are one flesh, Ephesians 5.31, same chapter, since they are one flesh, I don't know about you, but it stands to reason then the, that the product of being one flesh, the product of being married, which is children, would have to be next in line because they are a product of that bond between husband and wife. And so children are next. And then family after that. You, okay, so for those of you who are like, I don't know, that's a reach. Let me show you another verse because I, I got you. I got you, All right? Ready for this one? This is, this is huge. First Timothy 3, verse 5 says this. I'm having a riot up here, everybody. I don't care if you are or not. I'm having a great time. For if a man cannot manage his own household, his family, how can he take care of God's church? That's what, I didn't write that. And what he's saying is, hey, the proof that you're ready to, to manage God's church, to help in God's church, to serve God's church, to actually better said, to lead in God's church by service, through service, servant leadership. The, the proof that you're ready for that is that you get the other two things right, that you really love God and you know how to love how to protect, how to provide, how to manage your own household. See, God first, then spouse, then children, and family, then our household. And so, those are number two. Number three, ready? 
My next priority is to love and serve my church family. I'm going to say it like this, new song. That is a call upon your life. Let me say it a different way. It should be a priority in your life to serve your church family. And you're sitting in one today. Now, let, let me show you this in Scripture. You say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. Well, let me, let me show you Galatians 6.10. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, Paul says. Especially, he says, to those in the family of faith. Now, I have other verses that could prove that, but how many times do you need to hear it in the Bible before you believe it, right? Like, how many knows that if the Bible says it once, it's just good enough? It's still inspired of the Holy Spirit. It's to be embraced. And he says, listen, it's, a, it's really awesome that you're doing great things. Well done. Keep doing good things, especially for your church family, especially for them. So if you don't have a heart for your church family, can I tell you, you don't yet have the heart of God. You still love me? Because I didn't write that. I'm just telling you what it says. And you have to love each other. And it should be a priority in your life. No, I don't ever miss church. That's my family's there. There's just my extended family, my God-given family. I don't miss church. I'm there. Why? Just to receive? No. I will receive. I'm going to get taught the word of God. I'm going to worship with other believers. We're going, to, we're going to joyfully celebrate the presence of the Lord and the grace and mercy and love of God. We're going to do that. I'm going to hear the word of God. I'm going to respond to it. I'm going to, I'm going to not only give ear to it, but I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to be changed by it. But I'm not there just to receive. I'm there to give. I'm there to serve. I'm, I'm, there to, I, I'm there for the person who just needs a hug, just needs a handshake, just needs me to pull them aside and say, hey, can I pray with you right now? It, it, it just looks like you're having a rough day. Can I just pray for you? Can I, can I tell you something? If you come to church with only the mindset to receive, you do not yet have God's heart about his family, his, his family, our family. We are all part of the body of Christ. And we're supposed to act like it as each part does its work. So what are you doing for the family of God? Let, let me ask you a different question first. Are you faithful to the family of God? And I know I'm preaching to the choir because you're here today. I get it. But are you faithful? So we, we have in our world, God first. I don't mess around with that. God first. My spouse is next. My wife is next. Then it's my children. It's my family. And then it's all of you. And it's in that order. And it's in that order because God designed it that way, not me. I'm just embracing God's design. And by the way, I'm living my best life. I, I don't have any regrets with how I'm living life. So I come prepared to serve. I don't miss out on an opportunity. I want to be here. If I, was, if I wasn't the pastor here, I would be so involved. It, I, I'm telling you, I'd be involved in kids' ministry. I'd be involved in youth ministry. I'd be involved in greeting and ushering. I'd be involved in everything. Why? Because I just love the church. Not, not the building. The people. I just love people. You know how many people I... You know some of the greatest moments of ministry on, on, on 
on any given Sunday doesn't happen when I'm standing here. It actually happens when I'm standing out there. When somebody is walking by and I'll just say, hey, how's it going? Oh, pastor, you know what? Let's stand right over here. And you'll see it every week. I, almost every week, I'll pull people aside and say, let's, let's pray right here. Let's talk right here. Like, you're my priority right here, right now. And I, I don't take a lot of time because there's a lot of people to get to. Did you know, do you know how many times I, I just, I, I, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people in our church that have suffered loss. They've just lost somebody that they love dearly. And I'll go to them on a Sunday morning, and I'll just give them a big old hug. I give them that big teddy bear hug. And you know how many times they say, oh, pastor, I just needed that today. I just needed that today. Now, guys, I'm not telling you to go around and start hugging all the ladies. Don't do that, all right? That, don't be a creep. Don't be a creep. Don't do that. But, but I'm, I'm asking you something. Are you, are you coming here to this place just to receive? Or, also, or, or are, you, are you also coming here to be ready to give? Not knowing what the Lord would establish, not knowing what the Lord will put together, not knowing who needs to be encouraged. So my priority is God, and my wife, my children, my family, and then it's my, it, it's my church family. And then number four is, my priority is to love others so much that I share the good news about Jesus. That's a priority in my life. I'm always looking for opportunities to share the good news of Jesus. And a priority in my life is not only to know my purpose, but to actually make a difference. It's a priority of my life. Why? Because God purposed it like that. He designed it like that. Let me show you this in Ephesians chapter 2. For we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece you could say, Created in Christ Jesus for good works, to do good things, which God prepared beforehand, watch this, that we should walk in them. And the context behind that is you, you have been called by God. You have been given a purpose on your life to make a difference. And living that life of purpose is not meant to happen sporadically. It is actually meant to happen daily. Did you know that? That there's a daily purpose that God has called you to, and you are meant to live it out. That's why he says, we don't just do them every now and then. No, 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 no. We should walk in them. That you walk in this calling that you have. I, I determined, I had a pastor say this a few weeks ago. He just says he pastors everyone everywhere he goes. And I kind of looked at Jennifer like, I do that. I never worded it like that, but I just love people so much that I just pastor, I pastor people at, at, at the gas station when they're, when they're putting gas in their tank. I'm their pastor. I don't even know who they are. They might have another pastor, but I'm thinking God thoughts. I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to encourage them. I'm, I'm going to live out my purpose at the gas pump. I'm going to live out my purpose in Kroger. I'm going to live out my purpose in Walmart. I'm going to live out my purpose no matter where I go. I'm just going to live out my purpose. I'm just going to pastor people wherever I go. I'm going to point people to Jesus wherever I go. It's my purpose in life. And it's a priority in my life. It's a priority. Everything that I do is based upon those things. And it teaches me what to say yes to, but my priorities also teach me what to say no to. So let me break this down to you. Here's application, application. Here we go. So your schedule 
has to reflect your priorities. Has to. Your schedule has to reflect your priorities. So base your schedule on your love for God, your love for your spouse, your love for your children, your love for your family, your love for your church family, and your love for others. You base your schedule on those things. This is application. Now, again, your response is your responsibility. If you don't work on this at home, not my fault. I'm teaching you how, but you've got to do it. So every day, let me give you some examples. I'm just going to give you examples from my life. Every day, time with God, every day, God first. God first. I, I do not live a life where, I'll say, where I say, oh, well, I'll get to it if I have time. I'll get to God if I have time. No, 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 no. God first. I seek first the kingdom of God. First, the kingdom of God. And then I, I understand as I do that, he takes care of all the rest. He just simplifies my life. There's things that I don't have to worry about because I spend time with God first. So every day, do you have it in your schedule? Every day, you're in prayer, you're in worship, and you're in Bible study. Every day. Every day. Second thing is, in my schedule are times with my wife. For instance, every Monday, we start out every Monday having lunch together, like clockwork. Every Monday, it's lunch with my wife. Nobody interrupts that. If somebody says, hey, can I schedule a meeting with you on Monday at 12 o'clock? I'm sorry. I already have an appointment. Who's with? with? With my wife. Oh, well, you can't change that? Nope. Why? She's my priority. She's my priority. And every Monday, we talk about what we have to do that week. We talk about Sunday. We, we have a rule in our house. Once I get home on a Sunday afternoon, we don't talk about Sunday morning because I'm already beating myself up. It's a true story. I, I just I, I analyze everything that I do. I'm, I'm a goal-oriented person. I know you don't have to tell me what mistakes I make. I already know. I said diarrhea a few week, weeks ago in church as I'm preaching. That is not anointed by the Holy Spirit. And I said it anyway. I just said it again. You, you see what I'm saying? I, I, so on Sunday, I, we, we, always, we always say this, never make a decision when you're emotional. You never do that. So on Sundays, my day of rest after church, I just go home and I just decompress. I, I just exhale. And so on Monday, we'll talk about Sunday, but then I guarantee you, we're talking about our week. Well, what's this week look like? What do we have to do? What's your schedule like? What, what do you need from me? What, what do I need from you? Like, we're talking about that every Monday, every Monday. And we develop our schedule together because it's important for my wife and I to be on the same page. Here's another one. Every Friday, date day with my wife. A date, it, it's every Friday, every Friday. Now, this past Friday... My niece and nephew came over. They, st they stayed the night. And so we just moved date day. We still had it. We just moved it back to last night. We went out last night. In fact, we went out last night, went out to dinner, and actually a member of New Song was, our, was, was serving, is a server at this restaurant, which didn't even know that, that she was there, which is pretty cool. We had a great conversation, and that was pretty neat. And we just told her, hey, we didn't have our date day yesterday, so we're having it today. Every week, date day with my wife, every week. And so, so now, more, a little more than a week ago, in fact, not this past Friday, but the one before that, I got a, I got a phone call or a text, text, and somebody said, said, I need to meet with you, Pastor, like right now. And I said, what, what, what's it about? Now, I need to meet with you in person. Now, I, I have priorities in my life. 
And so I, I've learned, I, I never meet with somebody in person until I talk with them first. Because what's, a, what's, a, what's an emergency in your life might not actually be an emergency, right? And because I prioritize my wife, I'm going to have this conversation. So I, I, so I just called them up and said, no, you need to tell me, or at least over the phone, what's going on. So I talked with them over the phone, sure enough, having a bad day. But it, but it wasn't a, a day where I had to meet with them in person. I said, I'm sorry. Today, I already have scheduled. It's a date day with my wife. And um, you know what? Nothing's going to change today. Nothing's going to change tomorrow or the day after that. Like, the, the, you're having a rough day. I get that. I'm going to pray with you. But my priority is actually my wife. You're like, by the way, all of you wives should be nudging your husbands. Like, yeah, you should do that. You should do that, right? Because my wife, how do I say this? Yeah, sure. My wife got on to me one time, and she said, she said, Justin, you're just making it seem like other people are more important than me. And that caught my attention. I said, I never want to live that life. And make no mistake, I love you with all of my heart. But my wife comes first. And my kids do too. And they're priority. Now, if, if it really is, if he called up and said, no, it's an emergency. I'm in the ER. Or, or you know, my dad's about to pass away and he doesn't know Jesus. I would look at my wife and say, babe, it's an emergency. She'd say, let's go together. And we've done that multiple times. You wouldn't believe how many date days my wife said, Justin, we've got to do this. And we, and we just do it if it's an emergency. But there's a difference. There's a difference. Everybody see that? So that there are always moments that we're ready to respond to the call of God anytime. But we do that in unison. We do that together. Because we're, we're just a priority. And my children, my children, I prioritize my children in my life. It's no, it's no accident that all of my children love Jesus and are answering the call of God upon their life for ministry. It's no accident. We did that because we have a family-first mentality. So every, every day when my kids are growing up, when they're coming home from school, it's homework. We had dinner together as a family. It, it wasn't always at home. Maybe we had to go out to eat that night. But we were always together as a family. And then if they had more homework, that was fine. If they wanted to do something else, if we wanted to talk, just hang out. We didn't turn on the television until 9 o'clock at night, which just happened to be their bedtime. You're like, wow, you didn't let them watch TV? You know what? We had so much fun, they didn't miss it. We had so much quality time, they didn't miss it. Every Friday night, for years, every Friday night, we would camp out in our house. It was camp out night with dad. My wife did not do this, by the way. I'm the better parent. That's all I got to say. She's not here to defend herself. I'd, oh, she is. Sorry. <laughs> I love you. Um, that's so embarrassing. See, I'm going to think about this all day long. I man, screw that up. But it's true, though. It's true. It's true. That every Friday night, she knows I'm just joking with her. Actually, I'm not stressed about this at all. Every Friday night, every Friday night, it was a camp out night with my, with my kids. And we would all camp out in the living room. And I would put, I would put the the, the uh, cushions to the couch on the floor, and I would put my pillows there in, in a blanket, and I would sleep on those cushions on the floor. I don't just sleep on a, a, a floor, you know what I mean? I need some type of support. How many know when you get older, you need that? And so, but all my kids would, would, would all get our sleeping bags out, and then for an hour, two hours, we would just play games. I would make up any games. Hey, what's your favorite? You know, I would ask them, what's your favorite dessert? What's your favorite cookie? What's your favorite, 
you know, car? What's your favorite sports team? What's your favorite activity? We would play best case scenarios. Would you rather do this or that? Or worst case scenarios, would you rather have this or that? Oh, dad, you know, and we would just stay up and talk and laugh for hours every Friday night, every Friday night, every Friday. And we did that for years. Now, again, eventually they outgrew that, and that's okay. But family first. Am I, am I getting through to you, everybody? Family first. And you can't say, well, pastor, I'm busier than you are. I promise you. My wife and I, we're not bored. We got things to do. God first, spouse second, family next. That's how it works, children especially. And then if our family members, if my parents, if in-laws, siblings, if they need anything, family first, family first. And then it was you. Then it's you. And I'm proud to say I always put God and my family before you because that's God's design. It's God's design. So I love you and I serve you. And I make you a priority in my life. But I don't stop there. I also live out my purpose in Christ Jesus, and I make others a priority in my life too. And I live to serve others. I don't always get it right. But I try really, really hard. And I'm telling you, you have to develop a schedule based on your priorities. The problem is most people don't know their priorities. And I just told you what they should be. Your priorities are God first, spouse Children, family, your church family. And then you love others so much that you share the good news of Jesus and then you discover your purpose and make a difference. That you live your life on purpose. And you'll find out not only what to say yes to, but you'll find out what to say no to. And there are a lot of things, there's a lot of times I've just said no. Hey, pastor, can you? I'm sorry, no. And I just tell them I already have an appointment. They don't need to know that that appointment is my wife or my children. Depending on who they are, a lot of times, oh, no, I got a volleyball game that night. Well, pastor, I really need to meet. I'm sorry. I'm already scheduled to be at a volleyball. I got to watch my daughters play volleyball. You see what I'm saying? Because there will always be a reason. Boy, I'm going to go even further here. There's always going to be a reason to say no to my wife and my family. There's always a reason. And I have to be able to, in wisdom, to differentiate what's most important in the moment. And my priorities are how I make that decision. You see? I hope I'm helping you. You say, okay, well, what does that look like on schedule? We're going to talk about that next week. I, I got more to teach you. How to develop a schedule around your priorities. Around your priorities. Can I tell you something? Live your life to make a difference. Live your life to make a difference, and you have to schedule it. You have to schedule it. You have to schedule it. And pretty soon you'll realize you're not going to the buffet anymore and leaving miserable. They're actually healthy, and you're living life the right way. Am I helping you today? I hope I am. Hope I am. Okay, stand up with me. I'm going to pray over you. I told you, this is the, the, the altar call happens when you go home. It happens, it happens tomorrow morning. You, you got to spend, if I, can, if I can just tell you anything, if I could remind you of anything, every day, schedule time with God, schedule time with God, schedule time with God. 
and then schedule time with your spouse and then your family, your, your children especially. And then we'll talk about the rest next Sunday morning, all right? Heavenly Father, I speak a blessing over new song, my church family, God. I bless them with supernatural wisdom. I bless them with knowledge beyond their years. I bless them with not only the, the, the desire, but the discipline to follow through in, in, in not only determining these priorities, accepting these priorities, but living these priorities out in their life. Father, I bless them with not only the desire, but the discipline to do so. I bless them with a heart of wisdom. I bless them with your favor and your blessings upon their life. And I bless them, Father, with a life that is so filled with joy, so filled with peace, that they would live their lives in honor and in glory to you, that they would give you all of the praise. Father, I declare of our new song church that you would break out in this church in a spirit of worship and a spirit of praise like never before as we understand and as we grow in our relationship with you and the goodness of our God, as we, as we understand your goodness and your grace, Lord, I pray that so much gratitude would, would, would be built up in us, that it would be a natural outflow, and I declare it as being done in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless my family, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day, y'all. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.